Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the PKN Packaging Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and this episode, we're exploring the exciting new sector of smart packaging, which is someone with a bit of a technology background. I'm really looking forward to this one. I've been uh, hanging out to learn more about this since we started the show. Today, as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Hewson. She's the managing editor and publisher of PKN Packaging News. Lindy, welcome back to the show. Hi, Grant. I'm really excited today because we're going to be talking about one of the most interesting and relatively new but fast-growing areas of packaging, the smart packaging sector, which comprises both active and intelligent packaging. We'll be focusing more on the intelligent side of things today, but it's important that we do understand the difference because both systems can work together. Active packaging, as the name implies, usually means having active functions beyond the inert, passive containment of a product. So in the case of active food packaging, the packaging incorporates components that would deliberately release or absorb substances from packaged food or the environment surrounding the food, usually with a view to extending its shelf life. Intelligent packaging can refer to packaging that can sense or measure an attribute of the product, like the inner atmosphere of a package or the temperature of a shipping environment. But importantly, it also refers to the digitization of packaging enabling data mining, consumer engagement, brand authentication, track and trace systems, increased production and supply efficiency. The list goes on and on. So here with us in the studio today to explore some of these exciting applications and a new partnership we announced on PKN recently that will see the acceleration of product digitization in Australia is Simon Jones from UK company Everything and Michael Dosser from Result Group. Welcome to both of you. Now, Simon, it's a very early morning for you, so thank you very much for joining us. Tell us about everything the company, what it does, and how the partnership with Result came about, and what all of this whole new announcement entails. Well, thanks, Lindy. Um, it's, uh, yeah, the sun's coming up, well, the, the, the light's coming up right now. Um, everything uh, was founded nine years ago, in fact, nine years ago this month, uh, with a vision to connect every consumer product to the World Wide Web. There are around 4 trillion consumer products made and sold every year around the world, uh, but the flow of these products isn't instrumented. And as a result, there's huge inefficiency, a lack of knowledge about the movement of these, these consumer goods around the world. There are distortions, there are inefficiencies in the supply chain, and, and also you know, in, in having visibility to the sustainability and flow of these, these consumer goods around the world. So everything built a platform to bring digital intelligence and unlock insights from the data relating to these products. And we're doing that by giving every consumer product in the world a digital identity on the web. So the Everything Product Cloud was built to allow brands to unlock the power that, that that product digitization can, can bring at scale and at speed, principally serving the data needs that solve critical business challenges along the entire product lifecycle. So when we think about digitized products, they, they provide visibility, they provide validation, they can provide real-time intelligence, as well as the ability to connect directly with the people who buy them. So we provide the ability for the source, the journey, the location, the use or consumption of every product to be instrumented 
and therefore you can drive massive efficiency in the supply chain and apply huge amounts of intelligence throughout every every touch point in that journey. We've been evaluating the Australian market in recent years, and we've been in dialogue with Michael, so we're aware of results leadership in, in intelligent packaging, and we agree that now is the right time for the Australian market, and the synergies between our businesses are very strong, and, and between us, we'll accelerate the digitization of products in Australia, which we see as a critical market for consumer good brands. Together, we're helping the brands connect the dots between uh, full visibility into their supply chain and the use of real-time data analytics to achieve sustainability goals, to optimize the, the supply operations, giving them traceability and informing their marketing strategies with real-time first-party data. So, Michael, Re- Result Group has had its hand in many diverse aspects of packaging. Tell us where the smart packaging fits into your business and what brings you to this partnership with everything and also what this is going to mean for Australian brand owners. Thanks, Lindy. Um, it's exciting. It's extremely exciting. I guess for us, our DNA um, goes back 15 plus years around promotional coding um, and activations around instant win messages for organisations like Nestle with a, a program run years ago by, by that got, went Kip Cash. We've done unique coding on the back of labels for Coca-Cola. We must have put billions of codes on all sorts of consumer products. So activation for us at a unit level is something that we just know how to do. Core to us at Result is taking something while new, but still using existing technology to deliver more. Um, and smart packaging cannot be a better fit in that in that space. Um, we have the skill set around the product identification technology and the ability to, to connect with everything. So for many years, we've been looking at extending that space. Um, Like many of us in Australia, we travel and we explore new technologies. We're early adopters. And we met, uh, as Simon mentioned, uh, result, uh, sorry, everything (laughs) a couple of years ago. Um, We instantly saw that common ground and we've recently made the announcement that we have. What does it it mean for Aussie brand owners? Bottom line, it's it's an existing platform that decomplicates the rollout. Intelligent packaging can be seen as a massive undertaking. Now with local brand owners, um, we can activate an everything platform at a production line level and even at a packaging manufacturer level, like flexible packaging cartons and films. It's an exciting space, um, one that I think will see enormous growth in the coming years um, and give brands tools to extend and create export markets or develop those export markets, protect those export markets. And locally, it it's gives the, the brands the ability to engage like they never have before. There's really no limits on what the consumer interaction can be and what can be achieved. It's really refreshing for a packaging company to be able to play in a space to marry technical knowledge with that of the marketing teams. Um, something we've done in the promo space, and now we're get the, getting the challenging challenges to do it across the entire brand, brand strategy. So can you give me an example of a product that's currently on the shelf that you would could take and apply this technology to and how it would roll out. So take a, a bag of muesli or take a bottle of wine or something. Just tell me what sorts of engagement, what sort of applications you could apply to it. I, I can, yeah, I can share a, a, an example that's, you know, a real example with, with the audience. So there's a, there's a seafood brand from the world's largest Atlantic salmon producer called movie and we've been working with movie for a couple of years now what what they're doing is putting a uh, a batch serialized qr code 
using the GS1 Digital Link standard on the back of every pack. And these are these are transparent packs designed and optimized to showcase the, the salmon product and the color and, uh, and look of the fish that's in the pack. On the back is a simple QR code that consumers can scan. And when they scan that, you know, let's say they're in the in the store choosing from a range of product, that the information served to them is, a, is an entire story around the origin of that particular salmon that they're about to purchase or about to consume. So it gives them all the information about when it was at sea, when it was caught, what it was fed during its during its growth phase, um, how fresh it is, uh, and, and the entire history of that information that actually is data living in multiple systems all around the world from, from the parent company and the brand owner. Uh, but it's served up in a very simple narrative that's really easy to understand and it's engaging for the audience. And it helps them make a, a better buying decision around the fish that they want to eat. Yeah, I think the the, the extension, I mean, that is a, an amazing story when you start to, to put the, the context of what that whole journey has been. The transparency that a consumer sees is is just simply massive. But it could be something quite simple as well. You know, you look at all of the promotional activations that, that we do in Australia on a, on a regular basis. It could be something really quite simple like a consumer interacting with a, a QR code or we'll, and we can talk about all sorts of activation mechanisms later on but and, and participating in a loyalty program or having an instant win campaign attached to it. So the opportunities are, are, are the ability to tell a story but they're also the ability to engage with the consumers at an absolute level of, um, of, of connection. And uh, Michael, I'm interested to know, do you think that um, Aussie brand owners are ready for this now? They're ready to take it, whereas maybe a couple of years back it was all too, it was all too scary for them? Yeah, I think that the activation and the interest that we're seeing at the moment is primarily with those exporting and looking at the authenticity platform that goes, that goes with it. Um, we've got a, a lot of challenging markets that we export to in this country, fresh produce. And some of the stories that we hear in the in the in the packaging industry or or the food industry of what what's happening with brands and um, the counterfeiting and grey markets and all those sorts of things that are going on. That's the that's where we're spending a lot of our time at the moment talking to to brand owners in that sort of space. Nutraceuticals is another one where you know you have the infant formulas, all of those sorts of products that have got a high value and a high risk associated with them. So there's the the protection type scenario, which works for the export markets. We're lucky in Australia. We don't really focus on those sorts of things because we can go to the supermarket with a huge degree of confidence that what we're buying is a really good product. So what we're seeing now is challenges around fitting information on pack how many brand owners that I sit in front of that we've got logos, we've got allergen statements, we've got all these things that we have to put on pack and for very, very good reason, but you can't fit it. You can't fit it on the pack. So having that activation point to share that information with the consumer, that's where I see the opportunities here in Australia. Simon, um, you mentioned earlier uh, the alliance or the, the connection with GS1 can you just um, elaborate on that a little so that our audience can also understand that? Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've been working with GS1 for, for a number of years, and I think some, some backdrop to that is that when we, when we set out on the journey to, to, to build um, a connected 
products platform. Um, one of the important things that we we recognise, and it's part of the part of the everything DNA, very early is is that you need standards. You need global standards to enable brands to be able to deploy. Uh, at scale, across borders, across the products that they produce. Um, without standards, you're left into you know proprietary technologies that might work in one region or another. Um, and so, for for the you know for for the value of intelligent packaging to really resonate, we've been working with the likes of GS1 and, and other organisations to lead the development of of new standards. Uh, and I think a critical one is this GS1 Digital Link. Now at version 1.1, it was originally um, first released in 2018. Um, this is the new global standard for product identification. It's an upgrade of the traditional linear barcode to a new 2D code standard. Uh, and I think it represents the most important change in our industry since the first barcode was used in 1974. Wow, that's quite a statement. Do you agree with that, Michael? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're trying to support that activity here in Australia as much as we possibly can. So, we're actually actively working with GS1 at the moment um, and, and, and a range of, let's say, partners um, that, they're, that they're working with to take those standards and develop them for the Australian market um, so that we do have that standard base to actually work from. Again, it comes back to um, decomplicating the whole process. If we've got standards to work to, then we've got a we've got a benchmark that we can all aspire to, and and something that we can it brings down costs, all those sorts of things, Lindy. Um, so yeah, we're we've taken a real active role in that that working group, and also the steering committee that that, that goes with it. So I mean, we've seen the two D barcode is starting to make an appearance here. Uh, Woolworths, I know, is trialing it, and so on. So that that's really good for for Australia. So let me just recap then, um, in a nutshell, what your partnership does do. It's, it's aiming to help brands to deliver on consumer expectations for transparency, for authenticity, and also the personalized consumer experiences that are possible via packaging. And it's about making value chains more responsive, and it helps brand owners address sustainability targets. So we're going to unpack some of these. Simon, we've addressed some of the product transparency and authenticity already. But how is intelligent packaging addressing these aspects in general in terms of the technology development? What are the limitations and what's the scope? So what are brand owners specifically asking for and what can you deliver? Well, it's, it's really interesting. If you, if you consider today's consumer, they're, they're very different. They're more informed than any previous generation of consumer. They don't blindly buy the brand of mom and dad, right? So transparency and authenticity are now more important to a consumer's buying decision than it's ever been. And it's only through the unprecedented data intelligence available in the product's packaging and the ability to track and authenticate every single item from source through the, through the production, uh, through the supply process, right through the, the consumer experience when they, when they see, touch, uh, pick up the packaging from the, from the retail shelf. You know, that's, that's how consumer goods brands can now make their value chains more responsive. It, it means they can make their, their end-to-end processes more efficient. It means they can engage their audience directly like they've never been able to do before. Uh, and ultimately, they, they, can, they can scale their products, right? They can scale their, the, the audience. And, and really, it's the most effective way for them to, to engage the brand. But, but they've got to have real substance behind that. Um, so, you know, the technology that we've been developing behind intelligent packaging plays a key role in, 
instrumenting the, these these stages, right? So as manufacturers react to a changed world, and we, you know, COVID nineteen's been a been, been a, a great leveler in that regard. You know, the the new world we find ourselves in, you know, requires smarter supply chains. It requires those direct consumer relationships. If you think of, you know, what's happened certainly in, in here in the UK uh, with COVID is is a massive shift to online, right? Uh, and, and many brands have just not been ready for, for that transition. And so, you know, the brands that have smarter supply chains, the brands who have a direct connection to the end consumer are able to make that transition. And those that don't are, are going to struggle. You know, when we, when we, you know, we talked about the standards, you know, standards around, uh, you know, codification of product on a global basis, you know, being, being central, but there's, there's also, um, you know, some other convergence or points of convergence in the in the technology landscape over over the recent years, and and certainly, you know, since since we had everything, you know, started down this path, you know, the technology landscape has absolutely converged so that it's now possible for the two and a half billion smartphones in the world to interact natively with packaging. Right, you don't have to download an app to do this. You know, the ability, and, and Michael, I'm sure, can attest to this, to, to print and apply digital identities onto packaging of all types of, of substrate and material is now in the, in the grasp of all brands. And so authentic, authenticity and security isn't any longer just about having expensive or proprietary devices, proprietary tags or, or chemical markers or, or fancy labels. It's it's actually available to them in the very data that they already have and manage about the production of their product. Well, I mean, that's, that is quite a lot to unpack in the sense of there seems to be so many options now and the simplification of it where, you, where we can use the smartphone that is ubiquitous and just scan the product, just look at the product with our camera and get all the information that we need that just seems to, it's like a, a mind explosion, really, of what's possible. So, Michael, on a level of consumer engagement um, with the brand, where are we up to in this sector? What are the popular applications and what's the scope for the future? I think the, the most popular one is, is obviously the, the QR code. I mean, we go into a, a restaurant now and in Melbourne, that's when, well, pretty much anywhere. That's what we act- activate and tell everybody that we're, we're there. So Simon touched on COVID before. Has it, has it opened up our knowledge base? Yeah, it has. And ironically, the telco spent a lot of money trying to educate Australians years ago on, on what the QR code was and how, and how it works. It's been used across the Asian markets for years. Um, you know, we've all travelled to, to China and you see, it on, you see it on every device. So that, that is really the, the, the most common tool but where do I see it going in the in the future I think the the next would be the NFC and the RFID platforms um, the the latest smartphones have inbuilt readers so we're at a point where you can move your part your phone past a, a bottle of wine and bingo the activation is actually made it's just like we go into to action to buy something at the shops and we tap our card on the on the FPOS machine. It's exactly the same sort of technology, exactly the same sort of interaction. So um, the barrier to those sorts of technologies with NFC and RFID has always been cost, but they're coming down at an alarming rate and we're going to see, and that's been talked about in the marketplace for many, many years, but we're actually seeing it now um, and you'll see that come to Australia very soon. But uh, but yeah, that's that's really the, um, the that cost coming down opens up the return on investment opportunities 
and and different points and different ways of brands being able to interact. And as Simon touched on, um, it can all be done without having to download an app. So the barrier to entry is really removed, whether it could be QR code, whether it be NFC or whether it be something that we haven't even thought of yet. It actually doesn't matter. It won't change what we do in the background with the platform. And that enables us to offer a level of uniqueness to each of the brands that use the platform as well. It's not like we're saying you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. It's about having that open platform. That means consumers stay engaged. I could talk for hours about this. Hopefully I'm answering your question. Yeah, so um, yes, you are. And um, so what I'm also interested in, apart from those, those are the technologies that are going to allow us to do this thing, but what do brands think consumers want to engage on? So, for example, yes, we know maybe we want uh, to know this is an authentic product. Yes, we want to know where the products come from. But what else? We're asking for maybe an experience. I mean, I'm thinking of examples like some of the wines that have taken it, like the 19 Crimes uh, wine brand who took it with a different form of application and um, that sort of thing. But And it seems the beverage industry really does go in for this. What is it that a consumer wants to do more than know that the product is good and okay and right for them? The, the wine's a really good example and the augmented reality is something that everybody finds really exciting and different and interactive and all those sorts of things. Let's call it the sexiness of the packaging industry, hey? Wine's a good example because it's a, it's a, it's a product that has a lot of interaction capabilities. You could be sitting in a restaurant and your experience that you're looking for at a restaurant is something a little bit different. You might order a bottle of wine to start with and then want to know, want to know what food goes really well with that wine. Click, enter, come through, select matching. And all of a sudden, you get a whole different interactive engagement with that brand. Now, we know the technology is smart enough that if that same bottle of wine was scanned outside of a restaurant, we could even send a different message to the consumer to say, hey, match with this dessert. I mean, you know, finish off along those sorts of lines. Um, move from the, the, the Pinot to the Shiraz next. The opportunities are endless. It really is as much as what the brand wants to tell with the story. Imagine if it could say, well, as you're leaving the restaurant now, go past Messina and pick up such and such ice cream. <laughs> Simon? I can see Michael's got wine on the brain. So how about a bottle that you can scan and reorder another bottle, right? So because this is something you've tried for the first time, where can I buy more and immediately buy some because I've got a bottle in me and I'm going to now buy another 12. Okay, sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Two major areas where smart packaging can and is playing a vital role is in the areas of food waste and sustainability Simon, what advances are we seeing for sustainable packaging that's enabled by smart packaging? Okay, yeah. So um, sustainability is a really interesting topic because, you know, for different industry, it means different, different things. You know, and I I know, you know, I've been in in around the the topic of sustainable packaging for quite a while. And, you know, for a lot of for a lot of brands, it really focuses on making products out of materials that are in you know innately more recyclable or compostable um but i think uh, an overlooked part that smart packaging can play and this is making the packaging you already use smart can play is is actually around consumer behavior right if you can make changes 
to the packaging, make it more compostable, make it from plants. That That's great as long as those things can also be recycled. But what about you know packaging you can't easily change? PET bottles, for example. If you can make it really easy and take all the confusion from the consumer about how to recycle those properly and how to avoid those ending up in the oceans and so on, then then actually that's that's as important in the in the whole sort of journey around um, using materials better and 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 giving products a proper end of life post their their consumption period. And smart packaging can can do that, right? It can give very clear, very simple direction to a consumer. Uh, and it can even allow you to reward consumers for doing the right thing, right? And that that's a proven mechanic that drives action. It drives consumers' behaviors. Also, by linking the material composition of the of the product to its digital identity, you can serve up that information to consumers. So when they're browsing the product, you can tell them what the packaging is made from so that they can make an informed choice. Uh, and, and, and consumers will vote with their feet, right? They'll they'll pick the product that's the you know that's the right product for them right and what 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 matters to them um and so you know these are all things that that are innate in smart packaging but the other critical aspect it brings and this this works both for the consumers and for for the brand owners is measurement you can't manage what you can't measure so by knowing exactly how many packs of what types of material are in the world and how many of those have been returned recycled reprocessed that's generating a massive new data set that's essential to advancing sustainability you know, on a broad basis. Yeah, so like product stewardship amplified <laughs> and really you know, drilling down with the data there, that's, that's actually a very exciting possibility. Michael, what do you think of the idea of the Australasian recycling label also having like a talking component <laughs> so that um, you can tell people what to do with it, never mind looking at a label with signals? And there, in, there I go back to the point we were talking about before. I think you've hit on something major there. You want to extend that information on pack. How do you do it when you can't fit it on pack? So it's it, it becomes massive. Um, and building a device or a, a, a connection point to the at, at a pack level is really not that complicated. We've got all of the technology at our fingertips. I mean, I'm involved uh, this year. I've been um, working on the APCO working groups. And it's extremely eye-opening. I mean, it's an amazing organisation, as we all as we all know, and some amazing things have been done. But it's the smaller steps now that that get us to the next level that we really need to, to need to focus on. Active and intelligent packaging can play a key role in actually delivering that that next level. Well, I'm really hoping that you will be able to talk with the Australian Packaging Covenant Organisation groups that you're involved in, Michael, and maybe we'll see some of that rolling out in the future because. Time's running out for 2025 and the national packaging targets. So another important thing, though, um, kind of linked to sustainability, being sustainable requires us having less food waste. And food waste is a massive problem. It's a 7.3 million tonne annual problem in Australia. And, Michael, you're very involved with work um, on the food waste uh, CRC and uh, developing packaging that can reduce food waste is one of the things that you're probably very actively engaged in. Can you tell us how smart packaging can help solve the problem of food waste? So it's a subject that I'm very passionate about. Um, you touched on, dare I say, it's a bigger challenge than, than the plastics in packaging. I know that's a debate for another day, um, but you touched on the, the 7.3 billion, uh, sorry, million figure, but it's the $20 billion cost 
um, that actually goes with it that is that is scary. I mean, look, I've been in the packaging industry all my life, and those are some of the scariest numbers that I've seen. And that that twenty billion dollars is just here in Australia. So to to answer the question, obvious ones: a use by date reminder, sending a consumer information to tell them not that their pack is going out of date, but it's about to go out of pack, out of date, sorry. And this is how you can use it and be proactive in that process. It might be as simple as saying it's about to go out of date, um, optimise the product, pop it in your freezer. But a, a, a recipe for how to use the product up or a small portion of the remaining product up. So, I don't know, a bag of, of sugar for argument's sake, and I don't want to pick on a particular product, but it's something that has a long a long use-by date traditionally. Those sorts of products where you have that little bit left over, send the consumer a, a, a thought and a, a, and a recipe of how they can actually use it. Such simple things that become an engaging, proactive message from the brand themselves. Serving suggestions and how much you should be using. But it's it's all about real-time interaction with the consumer from the time that the product is in the pantry or the fridge to the time that they actually use it. And we all, you know, from the data that's around, over 30% of that waste is happening in the in the home. And you talk to somebody at a party and tell them that they're throwing away one in five grocery bags that they purchase, people look at you crazy. But that's actually what's happening. So it can all be done and all be sent to the smartphone as a notification, just like we get a Facebook notification or an email pop up on our phone. Sure, you need to be mindful of how you're managing your interaction with the consumer. You don't want to drive them nuts, but that's where the marketers come in. That's where the research and intelligence comes in. Us packaging guys can make it happen, and that's where bringing those two elements comes together. So it's a it's a big topic interaction and in, in, at a store at, in the store level at the home um, and extending that information that won't fit on the pack. It's every brand owner's market marketing department struggle and taking that to the to the next level is 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 really really exciting simon did you want to add something yeah i think another dimension uh, as well that we shouldn't overlook is that once you have intelligent packaging right and you've started to connect the end consumer journey you're also able to connect the the journey of how the product got there right so once you have a data set of real-time inventory visibility to where food is then that's a set of data that you can share with all of the other um, available data sets and, and role players in the in the supply ecosystem. So actually, you can start to tackle food waste earlier in the cycle, earlier in the supply chain, and actually identify where there's demand and match it with available available product. You know whether that's you know retailers being able to have better visibility of what's on shelf and what's, you know, what's, what's expiring and be able to move that around the networks um, rather than just keep keeping producing new, you can, you can move some of that um, and shift some of that. So there are, there are value um, creation possibilities of this data set upstream as well as, as well as from the consumer perspective. So the other thing to remember, of course, is that your intelligent packaging is working also with your active packaging and that there would be things like, um, temperature sensors as well that can be on packs to show people that um, the pack, that the food is still good, still okay. There are other ways of messaging, but I do think a combination of all these technologies is what's going to get us 
drive us forward in achieving better sustainable packaging and achieving less food waste as well. Michael, did you want to add something? Yeah, I think, you know, you're seeing a lot of research being done at a university level um, and some some incredible things coming together and, you know, those products being commercialised and, and being adapted into variable information printing. So take your, your colour-changing inks for argument's sake. If we can bring those into the, into the realm of actually the variable tech technology or variable data printing technology that we're using, all of a sudden we're taking the active and intelligent, as you say, and bringing them together. That is really, really cool. So I, I think that that enables some of those things that can be done on pack and with the emergence of the digital technology and the digital printing technology and how widely that's being used, it's only going to get greater and greater. And that's a, that's a fantastic opportunity. It's fantastic for a new batch of marketers coming in to FMCG brands to really think differently about how they can interact with the consumer. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are the king. We've got to present our products and do whatever we can to give them the information. And as Simon said before, they just want more and more and more. So this is the tool for delivering it. Well, on that note, we're going to need to wrap this up, but I'm super excited about this next chapter. It's been a long time coming. I think the smart packaging sector, Simon, you'll agree with me, has been, it was in its infancy for a couple of years. And we noticed that with the Active and Intelligent Packaging Industry Association starting off its conference. And that has grown more and more now that now everyone's talking about smart packaging. So it's time has come. Simon, would you like to send one last message to the audience? Yeah, I think I think you you hit the nail on the head. You know um, what we've seen over over the last few years is a number of brand owners dipping their toe in the water with with smart packaging or intelligent packaging. You know, putting a code on the pack to deliver some form of engagement, but typically they've been done as as ad hoc one off campaign events or campaign driven uh, activations. And what we're seeing now um, is a is a shift to always on product, always on packaging. Um, and, and that shift is driven by, as I said before, this convergence in the, you know, if you like, the breaking down of the barriers, um, the ability now with with standards to to make it possible to do so in a consistent way. Uh, and obviously, you know, technology platforms that allow brands to, to, to knit that entire ecosystem together. Michael, one last word. I'm excited. <laughs> there is a great, uh, a great opportunity for us. Uh, here in this in this country, we are early adopters here in Australia. We always have been, and we're we're in a world now where there's an opportunity to to bring something to market um, in a lot simpler form than we've ever had before, and that's the exciting part. So, looking forward to working with the industry, not just the brand owners, but the packaging companies as well, um, and pulling it all together because that's how we innovate and bring some uh, some exciting things to market. Well, thanks both of you and PK. And of course, we'll look forward to covering all these exciting developments. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, To be honest, it sounds a lot like things I've only ever seen or read about in science fiction, but it really sounds like it's just around the corner now. So uh, an amazing and informative episode. We'll be back in the not too distant future with another episode for you. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the PKN Podcast. Produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News. Owned and published by Yaffa Media. 
The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.